0: from the 13th chapter, glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from St. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 through 52, and can be found on page 1519 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had, and he bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. And then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets but threw away the bad. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. And he said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures, amen in the name of Jesus and evangelism is not a bad word so this is the third week in a row that we are looking at parables from Matthew 13 and today we are actually studying three parables one's called the parable of the hidden treasure The next is the parable of the pearl of great value, and the third is the parable of the net. And these parables are somewhat different from those of the previous two weeks. For one thing, they are much shorter. At most, as you notice, they are only a few sentences per parable, and the other thing is is that only one of these only one of these parables has an explanation from Jesus. And the disciples didn't ask Jesus to explain the other two. In fact, you heard Jesus specifically ask them, have you understood all of these things? To which the disciples answered, yeah, or yes. Yes. This means that we must do a little extra work to understand the first two of these parables. So let's start with the first one. The parable of the hidden treasure. It's one of the most challenging. It is the most challenging of the three. Whereupon we read, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy... He goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Now, the difficulties stem from what the treasure is and what the man represent in this parable. You know, many people believe that the treasure in this parable is the gospel or heaven itself or some other spiritual blessing. And they believe that the man in the parable is us. And the idea is is that we should be willing to do anything that we can to obtain so great a treasure. This interpretation seems reasonable just on the surface, but a deeper study turns up many difficulties. Let me explain. For one thing, the character in this parable trespassed on another person's land, and he dug without permission, and then he did not notify the owner of the land of the treasure. And finally, since the owner did not know of the treasure, this man purchased the land under false pretenses— Well, that's a different way to look at it. Nevertheless, Jesus seems to hold this person up as an integral part of the kingdom of heaven. So how do we reconcile this with the Ten Commandments or the Sermon on the Mount? Well, ask this question. When has Jesus ever told us that the end is? justifies the means. Never. Another difficulty with this interpretation is that the simple fact that we, can't, that we can't do what this interpretation asks us to do. The Bible, it regularly tells us that we can do nothing to obtain spiritual things. In fact, the Bible teaches us that We are, that we naturally reject God's gifts. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they they are spiritually discerned. So what are we supposed to do? Paul tells us that by nature, we do not even want spiritual things. So how can this parable ask us to sacrifice everything for them? It doesn't make sense under that interpretation. However, the answer to the difficulty that we may have lies in today's reading from the Old Testament that Ken read from Deuteronomy Chapter 7, in verse 6, the Lord your God, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Who did the choosing? God did. Amen. And from this verse, we learn that the treasure is not some sort of spiritual blessing that we must sacrifice to obtain. Instead, we are the treasure. And it is Jesus Christ who is the man who purchased the field. And the Old Testament reading also tells us that we are not a treasure because of anything that we have done. Instead, we are a treasure because God has chosen us to be his treasure. Jesus loves us, even though we are sinners. In order to ransom us, Jesus surrendered his throne in heaven. He took on a human nature. He lived in poverty and under severe oppression. And ultimately, he even surrendered his life for us. So this parable expresses the same thing that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write to the Romans, the Christians in Rome. He said in Romans 5.8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And like the man who paid all he had in order to to buy that field, Jesus paid all that he had, even his own life, to ransom us from sin. Now, the parable of the pearl of great value. It duplicates this teaching. Just as God loves us and calls us his treasure in the first parable, so now. He shows his love for us by calling us his precious pearl in this parable. And again, the merchant expends his entire life savings to obtain this precious pearl. God spared nothing, not even his only son, to redeem us from sin and death and the power of the devil. He even removed the sense of his presence away from his son in a way that we cannot understand. You'll remember, for Jesus cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God did all this to ransom us and to make us his own. He has surrendered all so that he could take us worthless sinners and transform us into his valuable treasure, his precious pearls. Now, finally, the parable of the net. It makes it very clear what will happen to all people on judgment day. Good news, bad news, right? Jesus compared the people of this world to the contents of a net full of fish. And just as a net gathers up all things from the water, so Judgment Day will gather up all things. And just as fishermen sort the contents of the net into trash and good fish, so God will send his angels to separate the evil from the righteous. The righteous are those who have the righteousness of Christ through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. They are God's valuable treasure, his precious pearl. The evil are those who refuse the Holy Spirit's gift and they rely on their own righteousness for salvation. They may be valuable and precious in their own sight, but that means nothing in the eyes of God. The Bible tells us that we are sinful creatures. The psalmist, in Psalm 51.5, he said, "'Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, "'and in sin did my mother conceive me.' From this we learn that we are sinners, the instant that we come into existence at conception. And the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 64, 6, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. From this verse, we learn that nothing we do in our lives, not one thing, can change our sinful status. Paul tells us in Romans 3.23, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And from this we learn that no one can escape from this sinful condition. And from today's parables we learn that God still considers us precious in spite of our sinful condition, we learn that God will spare nothing to ransom us from this sinful condition. Instead, he will liquidate all of his holdings in order to purchase and redeem us from sin death and the power of the devil. The Holy Spirit inspired Peter to write this in 1 Peter 1 Verses 18 through 19, Peter writes this, amazing, Peter the fisherman. You were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And from this we learn that the holdings Christ liquidated The check that he wrote were paid in the currency of his holy innocent blood, a shedding of blood into death. And we know that Christ's payment was sufficient. The check cleared. He did not remain in the grave, but he rose on the third day. His resurrection assures us, those who believe, that we are indeed God's treasure, His precious pearl. His resurrection assures us that we will also rise from the dead. And it assures us that we as God's precious people will enjoy heaven with him forever. In the name of Jesus, amen.